Good morning, Covenant family. It is so good to see you all. Well, I can't really see you, but it's great to imagine you, to picture you all sitting around your family rooms and your offices with your computer on in front of you or with your phone out or using some sort of streaming platform to, to bring up our service on your TV. And I know some of you are gathering all together. You're uh, together with other family members and others of you are on your own. I know there are kids around. Hey, kids, good morning. How you guys doing? I love your pajamas. Those are awesome. It is so good to be together. I have missed you all, and it just feels right and good and sweet for us to kind of all be in the same place at the same time. We want to be able to welcome those of you who are joining us online. We know there are a number of churches that don't have the capacity to do an online service We love having you as our guest this morning. It's great to be the body of Christ together. So welcome, glad you could join us. And we also know there there are a number of you who are from the community who are kind of joining us as guests and and looking in on what we're doing this morning. Boy, are we glad that you're here. Uh, We hope this is a really meaningful and rich time for you all. You know, one of the things I was thinking is it's so easy for us to think of this place, this Uh, building as the place where we sort of have closer access to God, where he's near to us. Uh, Reality is, God is wherever each of us is. So as I start off on sharing my thoughts, I'd love to just have us pause and pray and remember that God is present to us all in the same way right now. Lord, your word says, better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. We are all in your house this morning. We are all together as your people in your sanctuary. We are in your presence. You are here with us. And we are blessed to be held by you and loved by you and cared for and known and seen by you in these strange and difficult times. Lord, as we spend these times reflecting together, we pray and worshiping together, we pray that you would meet us and speak to us, draw near. Pray this in the name of Jesus, our King. As we came into this morning, I think all of us had this sense that this is the week when everything kind of sank in. It's like the the gravity of what we're in the middle of has has hit us all at a deeper level. I think for a while there, we all had this kind of, um, you know, couple of week of uh, kind of snow day-like days, and then we were going to just be back to normal in short order. And and all of us are realizing this is going to be a much more challenging, a much longer uh, circumstance for us, and something that uh, is going to touch many of us, most of us, before uh, it's all finished. So we thought it'd be appropriate just to pause our normal series. Brentley was all set to preach this morning, but we thought it'd be best to be able to pause and, and for me to take a few minutes with you as family, with us together as family, and remind ourselves of some things that are true. You know, when uh, something like this comes up, this is new territory for us. And there are all kinds of things that are surfacing. I think we all have 
had this sense of the kind of the immediate disruption of this. Travel plans being thrown off, flights being canceled, our, the restaurants we like to hang out at being closed, our, our normal friendship routine, work routine, exercise, all of that, everything has just been disrupted and thrown into the air. But I think even behind that, for all of us, there's a deeper sense of uncertainty. This is really unfamiliar, at least those of us who grew up here in the United States, who in our generation, we're, we're not used to going to grocery stores and seeing shelves that are empty. We're not used to being in a situation where the government is directing our actions and, and we're having to quarantine and those kinds of things. And there are feelings that are surfacing in all of us. When I was at the grocery store a couple of days ago, one woman looked at me really seriously who was taking care of me, and I, and I said, so how is all this affecting you? And she said, some people think this is the end of the world. Said it, as I found out, wondering herself if that was the case. I had a chance to speak with someone who is part of the health uh, care community, and she said that as patients were coming to the health care facility where she worked, that what she saw was pandemonium. The pandemic was leading to this kind of crisis of fear. And she said, you could just see it on everybody's faces that none of us know what to do with this. Well, that's true of us too, isn't it? I mean, I, I think for all of us, there are feelings that are surfacing that, that may just be unfamiliar to us, at least at the level that we're feeling them. There's fear, I mean, think about it. The, the, fear, kind of the sense that uh, I, I'm in a precarious situation. I may not come through this unscathed. Anxiety rises up in us, which is a desire to kind of take control of something that feels out of control. And for others of us, or even right alongside the anxiety comes depression, which is a sense that things are out of control and I'm never going to get them in control. It's kind of a, a despairing, a giving up. I mean, which of us haven't felt those things, all of those things, at some point along the way, and maybe feeling them right now? You know, it strikes me that those are pretty reasonable responses to something that feels as huge and overwhelming as this does. So part of where my thoughts went as I was praying and reflecting on this time of view together with you all it was we're, it's easy to focus on everything that has changed, which feels like everything, and it's easy to forget all the things that haven't changed. And I just wanted to take a few minutes to remind you of some of the things that haven't changed. I love in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, these three things remain. They last, they endure, they abide, they they." Keep on faith, hope, and love. I just want to be able to walk through those words with you and think about that passage with you a little bit. Faith is the confidence that God is real and he's involved and he's good and he's to be trusted no matter what, all the time. 
It's a conviction that we have that God is just as real and good and involved and to be trusted now as he was the day before this virus broke out. Is that real? Is that true? Absolutely. I remember taking a trip around the world uh, when I was in college. I've shared this story before, I think. A friend of mine, Steve, and I were in France, I think. We pulled off to a roadside rest, and we set up our tent. And in the middle of the night, uh, this huge storm came up, and it literally flattened our tent. I was inside of it trying to kind of clamor my way out, trying to find where the tent flap was to be able to get out of the tent. And I went running around outside in the whipping wind and the pouring rain. All the tent stakes had been pulled up. And so I went around trying to find them and stick them all back into the ground so we could have some measure of space on the inside and and protection to get us through the rest of the storm. You know, it strikes me that one of the unexpected gifts of this time is it's a chance for us to make sure that we have tied our faith to something that will hold and that we've tied our faith to it well. This is a time where uh, we can, we have the opportunity to realize maybe we've put our faith in our version of how life should go instead of putting our faith in God. Or we put our faith in our retirement savings. Or now we put our faith in stockpiling hand sanitizer or whatever it is. It's easy for us to, to have our faith be in something short of God and then really placed in something that in the end, when, when it needs to hold, it really can't hold for us. So I think this is a great time for us just to say, wow, uh, where, where have I put my confidence? Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 1, trust in God, trust also in me. Where have you put your trust? Faith isn't believing something in our head. It's trusting a person, ultimately. So the description of faith that the Bible talks about is really really comes down to two things. I trust you, God, that you are big enough, that you are involved, that you are near, that you are good, that, that you can see me through. But it's also entrusting. It's me saying, so God, because that's true, I place my life in your hands. I'm not going to try to... Uh, run my own life on my own terms, I trust you. I surrender to you. I, uh, I put the weight of my life on you. This is a great opportunity for us to just check again uh, the, the tent strings and make sure that they are tightly tied. You know this, but I think it's just helpful to be reminded of this in our earlier worship songs and the, uh, the video clip that Travis shared are reminders of this as well. But trusting God doesn't mean a life without challenges. I was thinking about some passages, and they uh, spoke to me in a, in a fresh way uh, this week, and they may you as well. Jesus says in John chapter 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Trouble existing alongside of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? And Romans chapter 8. 
who or what, you could translate it either way, shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, height or depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is what popped into my head as I was thinking about that passage, and I never really have put it this way in my mind before uh, in this same way. Scriptures don't tell us that God promises to stand between us and our hardships. What the scriptures do promise is that our hardships do not stand between us and God. That there is a way that God is fully available to us and accessible to us and near to us in the middle of whatever it is that we may be facing. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but our, you know, there are a lot of places in the scripture where the language that's used to talk about our relationship with God is marriage relationship. We're in this love relationship with God. We think about one of the things that every married couple promises to each other when they get married is the whole for better or worse in sickness and in health. What's the other line? I should know this. I'm the one who does this uh, for richer or poorer. You know, we have this idea sometimes that when we enter into relationship with God, all of the challenge should go away. But the fact is that God says, in all circumstances, I will be with you and I will see you through. So, first of all, just thinking about this, the reminder that God is good and to be trusted no matter what, and every bit as much to be trusted today as he was the day before this all began. Two spiritual practices that I just want to invite us into as a congregation. The first one is is realizing that when our routines change, it's so easy for us to let our spiritual practices fall to the wayside. I just want to encourage each of us to think about kind of establishing a new normal, a new rhythm that we can begin to live within in the weeks and probably the months to come. Give yourself to receive the the gift of and the grace of some extra time and margin in your life, the eliminating of some hurry. Take that time to connect with your family at a deeper level, maybe to limit your news exposure to the minimum that's necessary, and instead to spend time uh, connecting with people online or with your family that are there under your roof if you happen to be with others where you live. Read a great book or two or three or ten Have family reels around the table. And in the middle of all that, I just want to encourage you to establish new spiritual rhythms. This is a great time. If we've fallen out of the habit of spending time with the Lord, just begin and end every day with God. The very earliest version of the child's prayer that has been tracked down, the now I lay me uh, down to sleep prayer, goes all the way back to the beginning of the 1700s in a challenging uh, time at that point. A guy named Joseph Addison wrote this prayer. When I lay me down to sleep, I commend myself again to his care. And when I awake, I give myself anew to his direction. Wow, what a great rhythm for us to enter into or to re-enter into as a church family. 
to commend ourselves again to his care when we lie down, and then to give ourselves to his direction each morning as we start off. Here's a second spiritual practice related to faith. Let's let God answer the voice of our fear and depression and anxiousness with his voice. You may want to just think about a phrase in scripture that has really spoken to you. Maybe Mark chapter 4, verse 49, where Jesus says to the storm, peace, be still. Or maybe John chapter 14, verse 1, which you already read, trust in me. Or Deuteronomy 33, 12, one of my favorites I've been sharing with a number of people during this time. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he will shield him all day long, and the one the Lord loves will dwell between his shoulders. I love that. Whichever it is that speaks to you, commit that to memory and, and carry that around with you near to your heart. And when you hear the, the voices of fear and anxiousness and depression well up, which they will probably many times throughout the day, Address those voices with God's voice and let him speak to your fear, your anxiousness. To feel those things is not a lack of faith. The question is whether or not we, not, the question isn't whether or not we feel those things, but what we do with them when we feel them and really how we bring God into them. We really do each other a disservice when we communicate that if you are a follower of Christ, somehow that means you shouldn't feel fear anymore or, or you shouldn't be anxious anymore. But I don't think that's realistic. The, the Christian faith isn't this magical snap your fingers once and done kind of thing and suddenly all of your feelings disappear. But it does mean that peace is brought into the midst of these challenging circumstances and in the midst of what we may be feeling. So God's invitation to us, I think, is to let the truth that he is good and he is in control, to let that inform our fear and our anxiety and our despair, to ease it, to quiet, to say to it, peace, be still. I'm in this and I'm good. So faith remains. So does hope. Hope is our confidence that our trustworthy God holds the future. That, when you think about it, is the thing that allows us to experience peace in the present. If we are confident that God's got tomorrow, we can experience peace today. You know, we can forget this in a time like this, but we will never find ourselves in a situation that is out of control. There is no one in heaven right now going, ah, how do we flatten the curve? How do we get out ahead of this thing? None of this is a surprise to God. And God has intended that we would meet him and experience him in all kinds of ways through this. God is always at work in the present for the future. God is always at work for the good of those who love him now and in the days to come. So part of what that means is we can always, we can look around and we can always see evidence of God working even in the midst of the scary and the terrifying. And God invites us to do that, I think. I mean, you know this. On this side of death, the Christian faith has never been about finding peace instead of life's troubles. It's always been about finding peace in the midst of life's troubles. I've shared with you all the, the line that my dear friend Lon shared with me right at the beginning of his struggle with cancer that has continued to speak to me in so many ways. It's a line from a Scottish missionary from the 1800s. I think her name was Marie Curie. 
and it's the line, I have found him in everything that has come my way. That's the posture of hope I think God invites us into in these days, to look for God and to find him in everything that comes our way. Think about that wonderful passage and familiar passage in Lamentations 3. It was written, written when, um, written, <laughs> I love that. It was written when Jerusalem was under siege by Babylon. And the siege went on for about a year and a half. It's not unlike the siege that we're beginning to feel like we're under with this coronavirus. Listen to these wonderful and inviting words from Lamentations chapter 3. I remember my affliction and my Wandering, the bitterness and the gall, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Whatever may be God's particular purposes, in allowing this plague to encompass this whole earth in our generation, we can be confident that God is working in every difficult circumstance, including in this one, to draw people to himself. This woman I mentioned when I said, so how is, at the grocery store, how is all this uh, affecting you? And she said, some people think this is the end of the world. And then she said, what do you think? And I said, well, I, I don't know about that. Maybe... But what I do know for sure is that God desires for all of us that this would be something that turns our eyes to him. And she looked at me and she said, well, we'll see, won't we? It's kind of a sober response. Um, but I am confident that God is good and he is to be trusted. And he is inviting us to seek him in the middle of this and to look for his presence in all this. So, two spiritual practices related to hope. First, start a new every morning list. And this would be a great thing for us to share with one another. Make a list and add to it every day. If you are where you are living, if you're together with family members, you might want to write this up, put it on the fridge, or share it with friends online. So, how did God put his compassions on display in a new way today? How did you experience God's faithfulness in a new way in these last 24 hours? Let's make a record of it and share those things. And then second, I would encourage us as a church family to take a walk every day, a creation walk as a spiritual practice. If you can't go outside, just open your windows and breathe in the coming spring air and look specifically for signs of spring. Blooming plants, budding trees, migrating birds, Buzzing bees, the earlier sunrise, I love that. Warmer temperatures. And let all of those, those first tastes of spring that we're beginning to see here around us, let those remind us that our creator is good. And that he sees and cares for that which he has created. That he is the giver of abundant life. And let that move us back to him in praise. I love the, the line in Psalm 104 that says, all creatures, look to, all, creatures, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. So, so get out in creation. Watch the way that God is opening his hand to this created world of his and, and being for us all that we need. 
And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Well, at least one reason that God began to put it on the hearts of Covenant's leaders for us to focus on becoming a church that's known more for its love than for anything else, at least one reason for that is becoming really clear during these days, isn't it? We didn't know what was right around the corner, but God knew. And he knew who and what he intended us to be during these days. This situation has hit us all. It has raised fears and a need for control. And, and I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen this. And there's even a reflex of this within each of us to just narrow our focus and think of just of ourselves. I need toilet paper. I need cleansing wipes. I need hand sanitizer. I need bread. I need whatever it is. And, and to, to just think in terms of our own needs. And then along comes the church. One of the distinctives of the Christian faith is that whenever there are crises in this world, the church moves towards them, often at cost to itself. We don't retreat into a corner and just think about ourselves. Wherever there is a crisis, the plague, leprosy, cholera, polio, there was the church stepping forward and responding to that need. Love is so counterintuitive in a crisis like this that it is startling to the onlooking world. Love and hope both are. I was actually, I was walking through the grocery store a couple of days ago and I noticed people kind of staring at me and I stopped and realized I was whistling. I was so full of a sense of God holding us and being sufficient for us and I realized that hope was kind of a startling response. Well, love is every bit as startling. When, you, when, you, when someone comes across, during these days, when someone comes across a person who is thinking more about them than about themselves, that feels so unfamiliar and delightful to people. I've been going through uh, my world these days, just asking people how they're doing, how is this impacting you, and it's amazing how appreciative people are just to be focused on, to have someone uh, attending to them. If you haven't read it yet, I just want to remind you of the amazing book, To End All Wars, which is the true story of the way that, that love in the form of a Christian soldier, prisoner, how love came into a, an incredibly self-centered and kind of animal-like prison of war camp during World War II and transformed the entire community. It is amazing what love can do in a time like this. According to scripture, and you know this, our love is to take us in two directions. In towards one another and out towards the world. Galatians 6.10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So starting with the family of believers, just a few reminders, you know this, we are still an us. Church wasn't canceled when Governor Holcomb told us we couldn't meet. Church isn't a, an event. Church isn't a place. Church is us. It's a people. <laughs> And we have not been canceled. We are still a family together. Even though we are doing our best to maintain uh, social distancing and to make sure that we're cautious about our interactions. So here are a few practical ways that we can remember and keep living into the fact that we are a part of this wonderful, beautiful, larger thing called the church. Let's stay centered as a church. 
I just want to invite us together to have our worship together on Sunday morning. I love that you all are with us right now. To have our worship together on Sunday morning to be the defining moment of each week in the months to come. Can we do that? I don't think there are many reasons. There's not a lot else going on on a Sunday morning. Let's gather together and make this the, the keystone moment of our week. And we're going to be working on ways, as Travis shared, to improve our worship uh, in our, uh, this online approach. We're going to be experimenting with some things. If you have some suggestions, we'd love to hear them. So let's stay centered as a church. Let's stay informed as a church. You uh, may know that we have an e-news that goes out every week. We'll continue with that. Please make sure you get signed up for that through our uh, website. Also, we have a prayer list. We'd love to have you praying for one another in the church as more and more the virus and, and other concerns impact us. And uh, make sure also that you're signed in on our Breeze uh, online uh, church directory. It's a great way for us to stay um, informed as a church. But as we do that, let's even take in another step and let's find creative ways to stay connected as a church. I love the Facebook group. If you are not yet part of that, you're going to want to hop in on that. I love that picture of everybody caring for each other, expressing concern, just, just waving and say hi, sending a selfie, uh, reminding one another of what's true. I love that as a place for us to gather I really want to invite every one of us to take part in the Tuesday at 2 Flash Family Photo we're going to be doing this coming Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Take a selfie, send it to Michelle. There's information about this in the e-news. And uh, let's, let's assemble a picture of who we are. Let's remind ourselves of who we are as the church. Uh, just a couple of other things. I want to encourage you to use some online platforms that are available to us to stay connected, maybe for, uh, using uh, Discord to play video games together or Zoom to host a game night together or a, a book club gathering with some others that, that you could join together with. Netflix party would be a great way to watch a uh, movie together, everybody at the same time. Uh, I want to encourage you to think about um, uh, everybody gathering together and watching a movie together. And introverts, don't let this be a time when you drift into isolation. Let's keep together. Uh, we also want to encourage you just to think about a couple of last thoughts here, uh, to think about ways that you can give online. We've made that incredibly easy to do through our website. Go there or just send checks through the mail to the church. And think about who's somebody who may fall through the cracks during this time as part of the church family and have an eye out for them. So we said our love takes us in two directions, in and out. Just a final thought about how God may want our love to take us out. A few days ago, God brought to mind a situation in when I went to Nepal to do a seminary in a suitcase. And we went right after the earthquake that was so devastating. And we heard the story that um, when, uh, right after the earthquake, different religious uh, communities responded in different ways. Some just hunkered in and didn't send anybody out to the villages. Other religious groups sent out people to their own, to the people who are part of their same religious community. But the Christians went out and loved and shared indiscriminately. They shared with everyone. It was an incredibly beautiful picture. And that actually led to a burgeoning of the church. So how might we be able to do something like that? That got me to thinking, and so I just uh, yesterday took, went around our neighborhood and put flyers in everybody's mailbox, and I just said, hey, this would be a great time for us to gather together and, and keep an eye on, on one another. So. Everybody share your email. Let's start a group email, and uh, I'll create a directory and send that out to everybody. And then everybody share needs as they surface, 
and let us see if we can respond to those and share resources you have. If you have been stockpiling toilet paper for the last 10 years, let everybody else know and share, share what you've got. Uh, so you might think about some creative ways to be reaching out to people around us. So two spiritual practices here, and then we'll close with prayer. One, when you go out, engage in a prayer walk for your neighborhood. Just pray for people in each home. Pray for them. And then also, when you run into other human beings, don't run off in the other direction. Keep your social distance, but greet them and pursue them and find out how they're doing. Show interest in them. This is a great time for us to express love and care. You know, it struck me in a whole new way this week that our love series isn't taking us off in some strange direction, but in fact, it is equipping us to live well in these days. We are loved deeply by God, not just when things are good, but always. And we are called to love deeply the people that God puts around us, not just when things are going smoothly, but always. Do you know what's even more contagious than the COVID-19 virus? Love. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Would you pray with me? Lord, thanks for the ways that you remind us of what's true about you in a time like this. Thanks for the way that you strengthen and anchor our faith in new and deeper ways. Thanks for the ways that you remind us that we have a hope that is a this life and life to come hope. Thanks for the ways that we can experience you even in difficult circumstances, that we can find you in everything that comes our way. So Lord, we, um, we lift our heads up to you in praise and in trust and confidence in your goodness. And we also lift our gaze out to include others, the people around us. We pray for those who are seeking to give leadership in our churches and in our nation and our communities and pray that you would bless them and guide them with your wisdom. We pray for the, the elderly and the vulnerable who are part of our congregation in this community that you would shield and protect them and draw near to them. We are thankful for the neighbors you put alongside of us during this time. And we are thankful for our brothers and sisters in Christ who stand with us even when we have to stand apart. Lord, deepen our faith, strengthen and ripen our hope, and through us, live out your love for this world. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who is still our King. Amen.